0: Okay. So yes, if bring us in Takshlahmadalad Yugi We are standing now in the time of the Hilula, they of the passing of Ramarash. And although it's the night after his passing, but in general in the Kedusha, the Torah tells us that the night follows the day. Just like sacrifices that were offered by daytime were consumed, they were eaten the following night, so the night after a sacrifice was brought, it was consumed the next night, so we see that although the Torah says when God made the world that evening was before morning, but regarding holy things, regarding sacrifices, the Torah says that the night follows the day. So, therefore, the night after the 13th of Tishrei, which is the night before Sukkot, is the still has a relationship to the passing of that marash. This is something which are, which has a particular re- relevance to tzaddikim. Tzaddikim are, are like sacrifices, they're holy. Especially um, when we're talking about not just a tzaddik in this world, but the way that tzaddik ascends upwards. As the Rebbe writes in Tanya, that regarding the passing of Miriam, that this doesn't only um, that the passing of a tzaddik isn't only related to sacrifices, but the passing of a tzaddik is related to the paraduma, aduma, which is able to elevate someone who is has been contaminated by a dead body, which spiritually represents someone who is totally distant from Hashem in a very low way. So the passing of a tzaddik reaches higher than a regular sacrifice, and that's why it's able to accomplish more than uh, an atonement in a lower level, on a a place that needs it more than a regular sacrifice. And every year, on the time of the anniversary of the passing of a tzaddik, and especially the passing of a tzaddik who was leader of his generation, this idea of his ascent to heaven causing salvation to the world, in a similar way to the that the Paraduma causes cleanses the world, so this is repeated, renewed every single year, and therefore the idea of the night following the day, the fact that the it's similar to a sacrifice, is uh, very relevant. In other words, it's not just a tzaddik is holy and it's like a sacrifice, but tzaddikim have a relationship to the highest and holiest kinds of sacrifices. The aduma, which is able to elicit a purification for those who need it most. So, therefore, it is apropos that we're having a Fabrangan there, but says the night after the day of the passing of Mirash, and it still has a relationship to that day. I said, you may ask a question. At a time when there is a war, how can we have a fabrengan? The That was having this Fabrangan, as I mentioned, in Toshim Amidalit which was during the Yom Kippur War, 1974. 73-74, Dr. Bresman? Yes, I don't know. Okay, actually it's the Dalid it was still before January, so it was 1973 still, yeah. So how can we have a Fabrenge when there's a war? But it's known the teaching of the Reb Marash that the way things... The Marash said that Although the world says that if you cannot go under an obstacle, only then should you try to go over an obstacle, but the Remarash says, I say to go straight over. And as is known that our Rebbeim said about the Remarash, that in general his lifestyle was beyond nature. It was similar to the Baal Shem, Tif, Baal Shem We could see deeper spiritual ideas of Chassidus reflected in Halacha as we discussed that many times how the Torah is called man, and just like a human being has a soul and a body, so too uh, the Torah has a soul and a body, and therefore there is a, there's a counterpart that everything that exists in a spiritual plane, exists also in a physical plane. So the day of the passing, the Rebbe falls out on one of the days that we don't say Tachem. As the Alter writes in, the, in his Siddur, that from the day before Yom Kippur, until the end of Tishrei, we don't say Tachem. But the question is, what about all those things that we need to accomplish through Tachnon? Seemingly, there are things I need to accomplish by saying Tachnon. That's why I say Tachnon every day. So, if I cannot say Tachnon, it seems I'm missing out on, on something. So, and I know that uh, my animal soul as yours gravitates to this great news. No Tachnon to the end of Tishrei. Wow. That's, that's like megabytes off of davening. So... Uh, so why are we? But um, questions. Looking at this a little deeper. Why would be celebrating if we say this thing for a reason and it accomplishes some, some, something? And on the surface, very simple. Like Hashem tells us you have a chance. He made a mistake. I'm giving you a chance to fix things up. So that's why we say tachlim to fix things. So what are we? Uh, what is what is the flip side of not saying tachlim? So it must be there, but it's understood that those things that at a different time, were accomplished by saying Tachem, in these special days, is accomplished by not saying Tachem. And since the Altarebbe's Siddur was made for everybody, the Altarebbe's Siddur has more of a relevance to everybody than the Shulchan Aruch. The wrote a Shulchan Aruch, a code of Jewish law, and after the code of Jewish law, the Altarebbe then wrote his Siddur, and in the Siddur, there are many things that he uh, changed. From the way things were in the code of Jewish law. So the Siddur it has more of a relevance to every Jew than the Shechonarach. Why? Because the, learning the Shechonarach requires great attention and precision. But the Siddur is something that needs to be used three times a day. And there are also many blessings that we need instruction from the Siddur for between each of these three prayers. So therefore, the Siddur has a relationship to men and women and even to children. As we see the way we educate children, that before a child becomes uh, five years old, you are already teach them the Siddur. As the author writes in the beginning of the laws of Torah study, that as soon as a child is able to speak, you already teach them how to, how to, how to say Torah. So what you teach a child when they're born, before they are able to, able to properly, just as soon as they begin to speak, are things from the Siddur. So it's understood that this instruction that from erev Yom Kippur until the end of the month, we don't say tachan. This is a message that is relevant to everybody, to men and women and children. So the fact that we that we uh, usually say tachan, what are we what are we trying to do when we say tachan? We're trying to ask Hashem for something, We're asking Hashem for forgiveness. So it's understood in these days, before Yom Kippur till after Tishrei and during this entire time period we're able to accomplish that kind of forgiveness and rectification by not saying Tachem. In other words, Simcha, L'Chathchila Riber, by going, instead of addressing the sin, addressing the mistake, and asking forgiveness for the mistake, just by adding in Simcha and not saying Tachem, I am accomplishing the same thing as saying Tachm. So is mentioning this in reference to the idea of having a Fabrengan during the Yom Kippur War. On the one hand, Jews are fighting. On the other hand, we see from that marash that when you have an obstacle, you go straight over the obstacle. Just like we are saying that by not saying tachlum, we accomplish what we could usually accomplish by saying tachlum, so too we're making a febring, and Rebbe says during this time when Jews are fighting to accomplish what we ordinarily accomplish by, um, by, by not doing things in a more of a uh, serious and bitter way. This has relationship to the Psalm Twenty Seven, which we are saying during these days. Someone told me yesterday, and hear this before, um, that I think I think actually Dr. Breston, I think it was your son, who told us to, to us that David told us yesterday that it's a school of rashiris, it's a, It's a spe- special blessing for wealth by saying Psalm Twenty Seven from the beginning of Elul until Shaner so So, st- although Yom Kippur has passed, we still say this Psalm. And what's the meaning of this thumb? What was what's 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 the what's the main point of this of, of this of this chapter? The main theme of this of this chapter is in the verse uh, number eight. I seek your face, Hashem, looking for the innermost of Hashem. Which the idea of the innermost of Hashem, and the simple sense is, as the Torah says. With the light of the king's face we are alive. The what's the meaning of the light of the king's face? So Chassidus says that gives an example of a king who had this rule that king had a court and the court decided, you know, the fate of people, and the the court had this stipulation that although someone may be be tried and accused and guilty and and therefore liable to consequences, but if they would meet the king on, when they leave the courtroom, all of a sudden all bets are off, all the laws are changed, and the guy gets off scot-free. So what, the idea of with, in the, with the king's face, we are alive, that means when you meet the face of the king, re- we receive life. Meaning, by con- be, seeing, being connected to in, in innermost, Be'er <inaudible> By the light of the king's face, there is life. And not just life in the simple sense, but life with all explanations. As the Talmud says, the one who gives life, gives parnasa. The one who gives life gives also money and gives a way to enjoy that life. So since we are talking about a time where we are commanded by the Torah to seek the face of Hashem, the meaning of the face of Hashem means the innermost of Hashem, This is a time when Hashem grants us life, not just life in the simple sense, but life with all explanations. This is also has a relationship to a teaching of the Baal Shemtiv that Rabbi Yitzhak would often repeat. Rabbi Yitzhak although he was a student of the Baal Shemtiv, only heard four teachings from the Baal Shemtiv. And he would always repeat those four teachings. One of them was, Hashem is your shadow. That just like when you move around, your shadow moves with you, and the shadow does exactly the same movements that you do, so to Hashem is your shadow, the way a jup acts in this world, that's the way that God acts, so to speak. And the Zohar says about this, come and look. In general, when the Zohar introduces a teaching, the Zohar introduces it with the words, come and look. In the, Gemara, It's fascinating. In the Gemara, whenever it introduces a teaching, throughout the Gemara, the most common phrase in the Gemara, I think, is come in here, Toshima, come in here, hear the following teaching. So the Zohar, the Gemara's phraseology for introducing a teaching is listen to it, think about it, and then you understand it. Listen to all the details of what you're going to hear, and then you'll get it, and then we can we can discuss it. But the Zohar says come and see. That means the inner dimension of Torah, the Zohar, which is revealed in our generations through Chasidis, through the teachings of Baal Shemtif and then through the alt Rebbe and teachings of Chabad, although we may be in Golis, etc., and, and there are difficult things that are going on, it's possible to see. Ta'chazi. So, what, do we, what does the Zohar say? What should we see? What are we able to see? Kegavna. What's Kegavna mean? Kegavna means that just as I show, a Jew shows his face in this world, that's the same face God shows us in heaven. So when a Jew shows a smiling face in this world, God shows him happiness in heaven. As the Zohar says in detail. That's what the Zohar says. And therefore, Hashem is our shadow. The way we act, that's the way Hashem acts. And it's something that you could see. In other words, it's something that has a... a, a, a it's hard and fast. A Yid shows simcha in this world, and hard and fast, As a, it, there's a response in Shemayim. Now you have to learn about it, understand it, and, and then try to interpret it. A yid is b'simcha in this world and shows a beautiful Dr. Bresman smile right away there's Simcha by Yiddin. Hashem. Okay. So from, from all of these ideas that we're discussing, it's understood that the way to help the yidin there to Srol during these days, during the time of the war, is specifically through Simcha. Simcha breaks boundaries and even breaks the boundary of a physical space. In other words, they're saying physical space, we're, we're in New York, we're not in Israel, but Simcha breaks the boundaries of space as well. In order that we should see the fulfillment of the words, with the light of the king's face there is life, which means to live in a simple sense, and not just, again, just to live in a simple sense, but to have all of the blessings of life, including Parnasa, etc., and that should happen here in this world, lower than 10 fachim Lower than 10 Fach means lower than about 60 uh, uh, inches. That means it should happen here in a way that's down to earth. <laughs> it should happen low in this world in a, to every single man and woman, wherever they are. This is accomplished that in one place in the world, Jews gather together. And whenever Jews gather together, the Shekhinah is there. And especially if there aren't just 10 Jews gathered there, but many tens of Jews. How much more so if this gathering is associated with Torah and inspiration of fear of heaven, and how much more so when this is connected with the passing of the Reb Marash, who was a leader of the Jewish people, and how much more so that this night is connected with Erev Sukkos. So it's understood, as the Mittler Rebbe writes about the day before Sukkus in the Siddur, that you have to give a lot of tzedakah to the poor before Sukkos. So tzedakah has a special blessing, special merit. It's equal to omitzes combined, and it brings the ge'ula. And it means the ge'ula in the simple sense, to bring the true and complete from this Golas speedily mamish with the coming Mashiach. So in short, in the first talk that we just learned, the is emphasizing the need for a fabrengin. Not only why it's okay to have a fabrengin, why this is especially relevant to the Jewish people in Eretz Israel and how they will receive from this joy that is a, that the Rebbe is making here and outside of Eretz Yisroh, how this will impact and break all boundaries and bring down chay and bring down life to to Jews all over the world. Any any questions on, the, on what we just learned until now? Okay, let's continue. Um So wait, are you here? You're, Here's, you're, I, I, I guess I, I, I missed the connection between the original, you know, avoda, like la, lacking of of something, but really not lacking in, in respect to tovman. Oh. So. Now, how how are we turning that into the the gashmi is lower than ten <laughs> Okay, so. Basically, what Rebbe was saying was that ordinarily we accomplish rectification for our sins by saying Tachem. And the fact that we don't say Tachem in these days doesn't mean that we're missing on that rectification, on that cleansing. What it does mean is, is that we are accomplishing the same thing we do ordinarily within, in, in a bitter, serious way. Uh, we accomplish the same thing now with Simcha. And that's why, by having a febrengan of Simcha, that will bring down Chayim, bring down life. The meaning of life, Chayim, um, isn't, it says when you see the king's face, there is life. So during these days, Hashem encourages us and asks us to to be connected to the innermost part of Hashem, the face of Hashem, which means the innermost, face of, innermost part of the Eberster. So we accomplish this with Simcha and it brings brachas down to every, in, in every area of life. Um, one, I just want to highlight one more point before we go on that we just said. Um, Oh, that he'd show simcha in this world. He'd show simcha in this world, and the Eibush show simcha to him, and it's and it's a, there's a response, and Ta'achazik. It's something you could look at. So Mechamara Chayet, the way to, to bring the brachas down, Matas Artvachim, is specifically through simcha. Okay. Um, the um, the Rebbe in in Nifaberbringin, the in the, the, uh, the Rebbe goes on to many other points. I'm going to, to skip to Oys Yud Beis in the Febregin. Um In these four days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot, it says in the Talmud, the Jewish people are busy with mitzvahs. One person is making a sukkah, one person is making a lulav, everyone's busy with mitzvahs. And since this is a time that everyone is busy with the sukkah and the, and the, and the lulav and esrug, automatically they're also busy with learning the halachas about these things. So may it be Hashem's will, the this small amount of time of this for bringing should contain a lot, and we should be able to grab the hours left till sukkahs, both in the study of Torah, which is the meaning of being involved with the sukkah, studying about the sukkah, because the Torah is called the sukkah, that just like a sukkah is a place, um, just like a sukkah is a place for protection from the sun, the Torah is called the house of a Jew, that protects him, from shade and from heat and from all and from rain and all the things, Torah is called our house, and also to use out this time for mitzvahs. To be involved in the lulav. the sukkah, it, it means the house of a Jew, because just like a sukkah houses us, so too the Torah is called our house of protection. And the lulav involved is is is, is not just doesn't only I mean lulav means all mitzvahs, and especially. As Eben Mittle says, that during the, the, the day before sukkah, is supposed to give a lot of tzedakah to the poor. And to all of these in, things, with joy and gladness of heart, in the hours that are remaining till sukkah, the time of our joy. And Hashem should give us success. Ufroi on in Hashem should spread upon us the sukkah of peace, and give peace into the land of Israel. And everyone should be able to the Torah promises you'll be able to lie down without any without any worries. And this is accomplished by every person doing the first part of that verse. The Torah says you'll sleep without any worries. And the Torah says how that will be accomplished by making an effort to study Torah. And by by fulfilling the mitzvahs, both regarding yourselves and regarding influencing others and influencing all the Jewish people. Now this will the Torah introduces all the blessings and Pashas Biqul Kosai by saying you should work hard in studying Torah, you should do mitzvahs, and then Hashem will give you rain in its season, and the earth will produce its produce. And all the brachas mentioned there. And coming from the year of Shmita, tafshem Lamid Gimel was the year of Shemitah, tafsh was the year of Hakil. So the coming year should be a year where it's blessed with all matters, especially because it's the year of Hakil and the purpose of Hakil is to gather Jews together in the, in, the eighth, in the eighth year, or the first year of the cycle, is in order that everyone should come together and to hear Hashem's Torah and to be inspired of fear of heaven. And speedily mamish, we should merit the coming of Mashiach, and Mashiach will then read those Torah portions that are associated with Hakil, and this will influence the entire world. As the Torah says, the Mashiach will come, all nations of the world will serve Hashem with one voice, with one consent, and the bottom line is that Zion is redeemed through Torah study and through tzedakah. As we said earlier, that Torah study has relationship to the day before sukkah. are so supposed to study the laws of sukkah and the, and the laws of the four kinds, the laws of Luv and Esrik. And as M. says, the day before sukkah is supposed to give a lot of tzedakah. And all this should be accomplished with joy and gladness of heart and with a tremendous success. And from the seventh month, the seventh month is the, the, is the month of Tishrei, uh, it's counting from, counting from the month we left Mitzrayim, the month of Tishrei is called the seventh month. And the word seventh is related to the word satiated. And not only because this month is a month that's full of brachas, but also because this month is a month that satiates all other months of the year that we should be able to continue from this month to the entire year and this joy of the time of our rejoicing, which is the time of Sukkot, it's called time of our rejoicing. Both Hashem rejoices with the Jewish people and Jewish people rejoice with Hashem and especially in Shemina and Chastera, this will bring joy for the entire year that should be a tremendous joy all year round. And it should be a year of redemption, a year of light, a year of Torah and all of the Letters of the aleph base between the letter aleph and the letter tav between ora and Torah between light and Torah, and this should happen lower than ten Fachim in a simple sense. Amen. All right, um, we have three minutes more, and so any any uh, question. Uh, I'm just going to I'm going to address one question that the Rebbe mentions in the Fabrigen. Uh, an ice test. I'm go back to ice test. Everybody asks a question. <laughs> How come Hashem is doing this? This is happening again. And the simple reason is that this is because when Abisha gave a present, he gave all these areas in Israel, those people, the to forced them and they tried to return those areas of Israel back to uh, the, the, the uh, Arabs and there are those who want to return everything and some people want to turn three quarters and Everyone has different explanations, and how? Um, and although it may seem that okay, um, just in short, when 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 Jews gather together, and they and they say that there was no place to return what was given, what God has given us, as. Rashi says in the Torah that God gave us this land, so we have to. When we announce this together, when with ten Jews present, especially when there are many, many uh, uh, tens of Jews, we and We give a clear voice that the those who gave away this land did not do so in the name of all the Jewish people, and they didn't do this in the name of even a, a group of Jewish people, and even in the name of themselves, because they only did this because of the Itzahara forcing them, and especially. uh they in themselves realize that if, if they would give Chas Hashan another half or three-quarters of a kilometer of certainly they could see themselves what kind of tragedy this would have caused. And when Jews gather together, and especially they announce this in a holy place in the Beis Medrash, and especially they announce this in the, in, in the, in the, in the, the area, in the Dal Amas of the previous Rebbe, certainly this is fulfilled. And, uh, yeah, that was that's the last point. He had something to say? Quick question about the intent. Def- I thought magic was only, uh, was only effective, you know, low or smaller than a certain thing, or so certain deed. Is that something related to this? You know, like, you can't do magic. <laughs> S- smaller, than, smaller than a barley seed, right? The, the yeah, that's that's why the, G- the Egyptian yeah. magicians couldn't make the yeah. maca. Why why ten t'fachim? Why ten t'fachim the the example chose? That's that's a good question. Maybe maybe we'll learn about it tomorrow with Hashem. I'll I'll, let me look that up. Thank Thank you. All right. Have a great day, Dr. Vestman. Great day, Maha Great day, Barberal. Great day, Lezi.